0: we're getting ready for part one of at the movies here and it is it's uh it's gonna be so good today and what i'd love for you to do is if you would if you would grab your your coke can now in in the south we call it coke everything's coke sprites coke dr pepper's coke right if you're from the north it might be soda or pop right or soda pap you know uh, can i get some soda pap please oh oh dear you're out of soda oh no that's, anybody, you know what I'm talking about? Sorry if you're from the north. Um, I, I should probably just keep it on point here, right? Yeah. What's, what is it? Oh, yeah? Sody water. So, you can get you some of that sody water over there. We got some soda pop back yonder, all right? That's the way they talk where I'm from, Right. So, hey, uh, part one of At The Movies, we're getting ready for it, and if you've got your, your pop, if you've got your Coke, I want you to get it ready, because we're going to pop that top together. It's going to be so fun listening to it on count of three, from, from three, two, one, all right? Three, two, one. All right, let's enjoy At The Movies. Hey everybody, welcome to week number one of our most popular series of the year, At The Movies. One of the reasons why this series is so popular is because all of us learn more from stories than we do from principles alone. Stories are powerful, and Jesus was a master storyteller. Jesus knew that in order to help people who were having trouble understanding deep spiritual truth, that he could illustrate it with a story. The Bible calls these stories parables. Well, this series does the same thing. We will use some modern day stories, movies, to help all of us understand the spiritual truth. And my hope is that all of us will see God in ways we've never seen him before. Now this series will go for four weeks, so don't miss a single one. Make sure you invite your friends to come with you as well. Today, we're gonna take a look at one of our most popular movies from last year's series. But before we get to the movie, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you about our annual legacy offering coming up in five weeks. On Sunday, December 13th, we will all participate in an offering. We're gonna give that offering away and we're gonna reach those who are hurting, those who are vulnerable, those who are marginalized. We're gonna use it to accelerate the vision of ministries and partnerships here in Wichita Falls and literally around the world. And those that have never heard the gospel, the name of Jesus, we're gonna do everything we can to help them hear about Jesus. I want you to begin praying right now about what God would have you to do on that day. See, this offering focuses on five areas to make a difference. We're gonna make a difference here in the Texoma region, Wichita Falls, through partnerships, through local ministries, through some Christ-centered charities. But second, we're gonna make a difference in America through the building of the local church. We believe in planting churches, strengthening churches, and we do that through the Association of Related Churches. We help plant life. Third, this offering is gonna be strategic for missions around the world. We're gonna train new leaders. We're gonna help start new churches. We're gonna even translate the Bible for people groups who still don't have a copy of the Bible in their language. The fourth area is City Hope's Leadership Academy. And I am telling you, I am pumped about this one. We're committed to educate, equip, empower people for ministry, to lead lives of eternal impact. So we're aiming to begin our first semester of the Leadership Academy in late January, 2020. I'm I'm so excited, I'm pumped about this. If you want to know more information, you can visit our Leadership Academy table out in the lobby. Finally, a portion of the Legacy Offering will accelerate the vision of our church, City Hope. And as most of you know, we're we're debt-free and we desire to do what God has called us to do with cash in the bank. So there's projects, there are things that we want to do, there are campuses that we feel God is calling us to launch. We wanna be able to do that when the time is right. So we never commit to do something beyond what you give. And that's why we don't do any types of building campaigns or fundraisers. Our pace is determined by the pace of your generosity. And now we're, we're doing a lot, but we have some amazing opportunities right in front of us. So let me give you a quick update of some things that we're, we're doing, some things that are happening right now. We're preparing to upgrade some areas in our city kids. They've been utilizing portable equipment, all right? They're bursting at the seams and we wanna help set them up for success. And we believe God's giving us favor to launch another campus sometime in the next 18 months. We're not sure where that's gonna be yet, we're still praying, but we wanna be ready when God is ready. We still own all of our portable equipment, but there's a lot that that's still in use right here at the Cedar Elm campus. So we need to replace all of that portable gear so that when God calls us to launch a campus, we can use that portable gear for the new campus. See, there's so much more to share, so much more to tell you about, so much more to to let you in on. But let me just close by saying that you are an amazing church and God is blessing us in a powerful way. So just keep on doing what you're doing. Keep praying, keep serving, keep loving Jesus the way that you love Him. And as God provides, continue to give what He puts on your heart. And I know this, that one day we'll all look back and we'll be grateful that we did all that we could do for others the same way God did for us. Well, I'm so glad that you're here to kick off At The Movies 2020. Today's our first installment And we're going to look at a film entitled The Greatest Showman, which is loosely based on the life of famous entertainer P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum was one of the greatest visionaries and entertainers of all time. And while his story may have ended up great, let me tell you, his life did not begin that way at all. He grew up in a poor home. His father died when he was a child and he was left as an orphan to make it on his own. What I love about his story is that he overcame so many difficulties that would have caused most of us to give up. They can say, they can say it all sounds crazy. They can say, they can say we've lost our minds. I don't care, I don't care if they call us crazy P.T. Barnum's early days were rough, and he did all he could to survive while living on the streets. It would seem that someone with such a great ending to his life would have had a much better beginning. But if you've studied the lives of successful people, and listen, even people in the Bible, you've undoubtedly discovered that you don't have to have a great start in order to have a great finish. Come on, somebody. That's encouraging to me because I've faced difficulties in my own life. I've gone through some hard times. I've made mistakes, poor decisions. Can you relate? But here's the message of hope today. Our rough times, our rough starts, don't have to determine how we finish. There are countless people who were poor, uneducated, underdogs, who overcame incredible obstacles and still ended up changing the world. Zechariah 4 10 tells us do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Maybe you're here this morning and you've had a rough beginning, but I want you to understand that it's these moments in our lives that allow God to do the miraculous. It allows him to be glorified. What you were born into, the job you got hired to, the circumstances that you were given, That might be how you started, might be how the story begins, but it doesn't have to be the way it ends. And I wonder how many of us in this room today are guilty of letting our current situation dictate our future potential. We say things like, well, Ben, this is just how I was born. This is the best I can do. I'm always gonna be this way. Hear me out. We all have a choice. You can blame your situation, or listen, you can change your situation. P.T. Barnum had a drive that we all need. He had an unquenchable desire to improve his circumstances, no matter how tough things got. So right after losing his job, he dreams big. He comes up with a revolutionary idea and decides to take a chance. He builds a museum where people can see the unique wonders of the world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Barn Museum. It is one hour real time, sir, but it will change your life. We have shows on the hour, every hour. And i love you. Good the faint of heart. I can tell you're gonna love it. Half price for anyone who's wearing a hat. Ho-ho, oh, that's you, sir. Welcome to the Barn Museum.
1: What a garbage. Welcome to the Barn Museum, where everyone... How many respectful. tickets? Three. Do any more tickets to them? A few, yeah. Most everyone was rushing home. It's Friday, but... We sold a few.
0: I think you have too many dead things in your museum, Daddy. Do you? She's right. You need something alive.
1: Go to sleep both of you.
0: Something sensational.
1: That's a big word.
0: Your word? Something that isn't stuffed. Like a mermaid. Or a unicorn. Unicorns aren't real. Well, mermaids aren't real either. Barnum's museum ended up being a complete failure. He faced nothing but rejection along the way. In some way, shape, or form, we've all experienced the same thing. We didn't make the team. We we didn't get accepted into the college of our choice. We got passed over for the promotion. The person we were attracted to never called us back. Maybe you're sitting here today and your spouse has rejected you. Rejection is an unavoidable part of life. Can I tell you Jesus was rejected? The very people that celebrated him one week were the same ones who crucified him the next. And Jesus made it clear in John 15, 18, when he said, if the world hates you, just remember it hated me first. So if you're going to do anything significant with your life, it's going to be difficult. And you're going to experience rejection. Well, Pastor Ben, I don't think that's very positive. You ought to be more positive than that. Okay, I'll be positive. I am positive you're going to face rejection along the way. (laughs) Since we've planted this church, Annalise and I have experienced the pain of rejection over and over again. And while it's never easy to accept, we've learned to understand that rejection is just a normal part of living a life of significance. So the question this morning isn't, will you face rejection but instead how will you respond when you do face rejection rejection happens to the best of us but it doesn't have to get the best of us see we all know people who've been rejected they live in bitterness they live as victims they live frustrated but I believe you can walk through bitter situations without becoming a bitter person Proverbs four twenty three instructs us this way Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That's why we need to check our heart, especially in seasons of difficulty, so that we don't get bitter and angry. And instead, we need to embrace the adversity. Use it as a motivator to help us become better. Barnum used the rejection of people to start what we now know as the circus. Instead of getting bitter over the rejection of his museum, He got better, and his dream started taking off. P.T. Barnum began to taste the results of fame. He rubbed shoulders with the who's who's in the world. Miss Lind, let me get to the point. I'd like to bring you to New York. And if you agree, I'll make you the most famous singer, not in Europe, but in the entire world.
1: Hmm. And have you heard me sing?
0: Absolutely.
1: No, I haven't. Ah, uh, but like mine, your reputation precedes you, and, well, I'd trust your reputation more than my own taste, so... I've never been to America. You will sing in the grandest theater with the finest orchestra in the greatest city on Earth. Jenny Lind. One night only. Or maybe two. <laughs> and at 20% of the gate, it'll be a queen's for ransom for your efforts. I give most of my earnings to charity, Mr. Barnum, to orphans and widows. Voice of a nightingale, heart of an angel. That's brand. I mean, the press will go crazy for that story. That's not a story. May I ask you something, Mr. Barnum? Anything? Why me? People come to my show for the pleasure of being hoodwinked. Just once, I'd love to give them something real. (laughs) Miss Lynn.
0: is here. Look at this. Even the wind throbs. Are you happy? I will be if this works. Oh God, I hope she can sing. At the end of this clip, P.T. Barnum's wife turns to him and asks, Are you happy? Are you happy? If someone asked that question to you right now, how would you respond? saint augustine the great philosopher and theologian said every man whatsoever his condition desires to be happy and by all standards pt barnum should have achieved happiness i mean he had fame he had fortune he had the stage but the reality is that no matter how much he acquired it was never enough jesus encountered a man one day who had the same issue he was a chief tax collector of a city And Luke 19 tells us he was a very wealthy man. But despite his prestige, despite his wealth, he was empty and lonely. He heard that Jesus was coming into town. And because he was so short, he decided he's going to climb a tree so he could see Jesus. Now imagine one of the wealthiest people in Wichita Falls making a fool of himself by climbing a tree. Just so he could see something. I mean, why would he do that? because he knew that what the world had to offer him could not fulfill the longing in his heart to be happy. Only God can fill that void. The scripture warns us in Matthew 16, 26, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Unfortunately, that's exactly what P.T. Barnum did. He gained so much, but it wasn't enough to fill the void in his heart. His desire for money, fame, prestige, took him down a road that would eventually cause him to lose it all.
1: You've come to gloat. They caught the thugs who started the fire. I thought you'd like to know. I never liked your show. But I always thought the people did. They did. They do. Mind you, I wouldn't call it art. Uh, Of course not. But... putting folks of all kinds on stage with you, all colors, shapes, sizes, presenting them as equals. Or another critic might have even called it a celebration of humanity. I would have liked that. Well I hope you'll rebuild. Mm. Thank God for Jenny's tour, we can we can borrow off the profits, will we find? You don't know. Mm. I'm sorry. Charity, oh God, Charity, I am... I don't wanna talk to you. Nothing happened, this is ridiculous. nothing happened, it's on the cover of every paper in New York. Because she orchestrated the photo, I'm not in love with her. Of course you're not. Not with her, not with me, not with anyone, just you and your show. (laughs) What are you doing? I'm going home. This is your home? The bank they're evicting us why didn't you ask me before? I would have said yes I never minded the risk but we always did it together
0: how sad PT Barnum had invested his entire life chasing things that really at the end of the day just didn't matter I wonder how many of us are guilty of gaining the world, but losing our own soul, losing the things that matter. It's important that we continually assess our lives, ask ourselves a simple yet significant question. Am I winning at what really matters? Am I gaining the world, but losing what's important? Am I gaining fame, but losing my family? Am I gaining money, but losing my marriage? Am I gaining a job but losing my joy? Jesus told a story that deals with this same idea. He said in Luke chapter 12, verse 16, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have enough room for all my crops. And then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat, and all the other goods, and I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, My friend, you have enough stored up away for years to come. Take it easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. And then who's going to get everything you work for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. We have to decide, church every single day to either put our hope in this world and the things that will fade away or to put our hope in God and invest our lives into eternal things. Put our hope in eternity. As everything fell apart once again, P.T. Barnum had a choice to make.
1: I saw the sun begin to dim and felt that winter wind A man learns who is there for him When the glitter fades And the walls won't hold
0: Cause from
1: that rubble What remains Can only be What's true If all was lost There's more I gained Cause it led me back To you
0: I remember who all this was
1: for And from now on
0: These eyes would not be blinded by the lights From now on Watch,
1: wait until tomorrow starts tonight It starts tonight It's here, right
0: in front of you. What a story. Barnum realizes that the greatest show wasn't something he could put on, but it was actually something that was in front of him the entire time. His family, the people around him. David prayed a prayer in Psalm chapter 39, verse 4. He said, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. Remind me how fleeting my life is. So because life is short, it's important that we evaluate our lives today to figure out what really matters in life. And as I close out this message, I want to give you three things to help you overcome the difficulties in your life. The first is this. Number one, today matters. Today matters. Like everything about today matters. So many of us live stuck inside the when-then syndrome. We say things like, one day when I get married, then I'll be happy. One day when I get the right home, then i'll lead a small group one day when i get out of debt then i'll start to tithe one day when the kids are grown then i'll work on my marriage it's the when then syndrome and it's so easy for us to put off tomorrow what god wants us to do today we've got to learn that we've got to live in the moment that we're currently in forgive today go to growth track today start giving today repair a relationship today whatever it is that God's put on your heart do it today because today matters here's the second thing always remember that people matter Barnum realized that what mattered most was the people around him and this is so true that at the end of your life it won't matter how much money you made But it will matter whose life you made a positive impact on. And that's why our church is involved in missions projects around our city, around the nation, the world. It's why we do First Saturday Serve. It's because people matter to God. And no one emphasized this more than Jesus Christ himself. In Matthew 25, he said, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. It's our hope that every person who considers City Hope their home would live a life for a higher purpose. That you would join the dream team. That you would begin to serve other people and quit just thinking about yourself and begin to focus on others. When we serve others, it helps us put our own difficulties into proper perspective. So listen, today matters. People matter. Here's number three. The most important thing in overcoming our difficulties is this. Never forget, eternity matters. Now you might not know this, but this world is going to come to an end. Everything we see is going to fade away. One day, hopefully, a long time from now, you're going to breathe your last breath. You'll move on from this life to the next. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 9, 27, each person is destined to die once. And after that, the judgment. When we face difficulties, how we respond to them matters because our choices impact eternity. Listen to me, don't give up. Troubles are going to come. But this life on earth is not the goal. Spending eternity in heaven with Jesus is the goal. So this morning, I want to ask you the most important question you will ever hear. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you invited Christ into your life? Have you asked Him to forgive you of your sins? Have you made the choice to follow Him for the rest of your life? It's the most important decision, the most significant decision you will ever make because it affects eternity, and eternity matters. Will you bow your heads with me today? And let me ask you a simple question this morning. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? I want to give everyone in this room right now an opportunity to make the most important decision you will ever make. That's the decision to receive the gift of Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the gift of salvation and eternal life. This gift will change and transform everything. And if you want to say yes to Jesus, maybe for the first time, or maybe maybe you were a Christian and you've, you've drifted from God, you've gone the other way perhaps you need to renew your commitment with him today you need to respond and we're going, we're going to ask you to respond in just a moment we're not going to embarrass you we won't single you out but I do want you to be bold and courageous in letting us know your decision so in just a moment our service host is going to lead you in a prayer to commit your life to Christ and it's like that last song we heard in the movie it's time to come back home If you feel that way, I want you to respond. If you feel far from God, if you need life change, if you're ready to surrender your life to Christ, to quit running from God and run to God, I want you to boldly lift your hand on the count of three. It's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. If that's you, come on, lift your hand. One, two, three three. Lift your hand right where you are today.
1: Come on, if that's you, lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. See your hands. Anyone else say, I, I need to come back home. Thank you. I see you in the back. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of you guys. Anyone else? I, I'm ready to make, I'm ready to give my life to Christ this morning. I see you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Proud of you. Hands all over this place. I'm so proud of you guys this morning. Look, here's what I want to do. I'm I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you, but I do want to lead you in a simple prayer. And I'll just ask you to say this prayer with me and mean it from your heart and God will do a work in your life. Say, Say, Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I need you. I need you to save me from all my sins today. I'm coming back home. I give you my life and I ask that you would use it for your purposes. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me, for washing me and making me new. And I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus name. Amen. Come on, somebody. Give God praise. There were hands all over this place, probably seven or eight people this morning giving their life to Jesus. Come on. Give God praise. That's awesome. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. If you prayed that prayer this morning and made that decision to follow Jesus.